Hey guys, and welcome to the third episode. The fourth <laughs> episode. Uh, our fourth part of the Let's Talk Pornography I feel like series. that just shows how out of it we were last week. Yeah, definitely. We were really out of it this week. Or last week. Yeah, last week was... Man, we were just... I don't know what it was we about last week. We been thrown through the ringer last week. Yeah, last week was thinking crazy but this week we are we're, we're good definitely better we're a lot better than we were we're not as tired we got so i mean much i'm a little rest. sad but i i can push through it so yeah i'm good we got that uh revitalizing sunday treatment that we all love yeah i feel so a lot better yes i just it's so much better um anyways this is our fourth episode yeah of our let's talk pornography series on breaking apostolic taboo and our little um disclaimer beforehand a sensitive topic um you may hear some harsh words because today we're letting loose on some words that um is it really harsh though or just like words that well, we people don't like to say they're medical terminology so it's not gonna be you know like you know, I saw something the other day, and it said, anyways, you know, there's our disclaimer. But I saw something the other day, and it said, stop putting cutesy names next to body parts. Yeah, that's, I said that Did the you, other day, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, stop putting cutesy names next to party part, body parts, and let's start calling them what they actually are. I'm totally down for that. You know, because I think that was, that is so awesome, you know, like, it's not a, it's not a pee-pee, it's a penis. Yeah. It's not your, your, you know, between the legs. It's a vagina. Or now, vulva. I think, I think saying privates is okay for some people if you want to be yeah. more safe. Because even as adults, we'll say that kind I just, of stuff. I just couldn't in the moment think what people call. I can. I hear it all oh, the time. Oh, a little kitty cat. No, <laughs> it is a, it's. I have so many little kids in my church and I have heard all of the different names. Yes, and while I understand that, you know, they're they're children and you want to keep them, you know, children for as long as possible, body parts aren't, they're, they're not bad things. They're body parts. God created them. Like, these are the, what they are called. Also, they're going to learn what the real names are in school, so. Yeah. Okay. Also, some we're children desensitizing them. So, reality. some children know a lot more than adults know about a lot of things, <laughs> if we're going to be honest here. I did. Like, I, if you go to public school, My I. My mom will admit that. She's like, you probably knew way more than I did. I, I grew like, up an mm-hmm. atheist. I went to public school, and I sat in the back of the bus and if you know the back of the bus you know that those people are vulgar man the back of the bus is just back of the bus is just different from the front of the bus any of my public school or anybody who wrote rides a bus knows i had a friend that went to a christian private school when i grew up and my mom would pick him up from uh, school and i'd go with her and we would sing high school musical to the top of our lungs as we go home um, that's <laughs> private school homeschool kids you know that's what i did that was the extent of what i did uh, i'll tell you afterwards uh some of the things that i experienced on oh public school Lord. buses into ways uh, to get into this episode right. uh the oh, first thing oh i forgot uh just because you may have a pornography addiction or a sexual addiction you're not a disgusting person boom yes i, I want to just 
let's get that stuck in our heads because because it really is an issue and i fought it for so long we'll talk more about our personal experiences later on in this episode in the second half of the episode but i I mean i've i for so long thought i was a horrible person and disgusting and dirty because i had an issue and it just because you have sin doesn't mean you're disgusting so clear that up clear that up right now we'll clear that up on every single episode that we talk about not just pornography but in sexual addiction because there will Um, be more later yeah but this uh the first part that we're going to talk about is some of the effects of porn people think i've heard some people think that oh it's just watching like a tv show or a movie like mm, no there are there are some negative ramifications from watching pornography and watching it for an extended period of time um it's crazy to think that i think in one study they showed uh bailey shared with me they showed that they studied uh porn addicts and they studied what cocaine Cocaine addicts yeah and the effects of both pornography and cocaine almost they were practically the same they put them side by side like i saw it on the screen they put it side by side it looked to be like the exact same brain yeah but they were two different people Yep, and they had two different addictions. One had pornography and one had cocaine. Yep, I've got, I did a lot of research because I felt very uneducated in this area of, like, actual, like, I know the effects it had on me, but, like, what does doctors and people say? So, mm-hmm. I guess I'll just spout off a couple of the things Go for I found. It. Um, a 2014 study showed uh, that they found that increased pornography use is linked to a decreased brain matter, or lead to decrease in brain matter in the areas of motivation and decision making, impaired impulse control, and desensitization to sexual reward. 2015 studies showed users need more extreme content over time in order to receive the same level of arousal, which is so true. I can, you know, I can say that from personal experience. Um, they found that three hours of porn use a week can cause a noticeable reduction in gray matter in your brain. Mm. Three hours a week reduces your brain. That's insane. They predict that porn or they didn't predict because the next video I watched said that porn is just as addictive as cocaine. That was from a different video. Um, it has been proven that there is rewiring of the frontal lobe, which is the part of the brain that tells you to stop. And it shrinks the brain. It actually mm-hmm. shrinks your brain when you watch pornography. Um, and then... I can't see that. <laughs> People suffer with more depression, mental illness, um, and a ton, like, there's social isolation, mood disorders. I mean, all of that. Well, I can see how that could happen, too, because especially if you're watching it, and just speaking strictly from, like, a church standard, you know, not even, like, a church standard, but, like, in the world, um, there's such this embarrassment, this yeah. guilt, and this shame and you don't want to share it, you know, yeah. holding that over your head and holding that on your shoulders, you start to get depressed, you start to get lonely, and you start self-isolating. So yeah. I, it's not, it's not difficult to believe. That also, that, they it said like that. people. This one guy that I watched the one video, he said he saw nothing meaningful outside of watching pornography. He said life just seemed boring outside of it. 
And, I, and I was like, yeah, okay. You know, hearing someone actually admit that, and he was like, wow, you know, he thought it was just better to sit and watch pornography than go hang out with friends, or it's crazy. Um, they say that one reason why our brains, like, or one reason why we constantly need more and more and more and more and, like, different kinds of it because it progresses over time is because our brains constantly want to learn. Which I say, from a Christian standpoint, our flesh wants more. Yeah. In different ways. And I think we become, whenever we watch, like, a certain uh, category, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, of pornography, we we it. get so used to it, and the stimulation that we normally get from yeah. that isn't isn't happening. So you start to go maybe a little bit harder, maybe yeah. a little bit edgier, you know, a you little know, bit different. riskier. You go to something a little bit more different, and then from yeah. this simple one scene, you are you yeah. know you're watching you're something watching something awful, completely different that just. Yeah. It, it makes it so much worse that uh, all porn is equal, you know. Yeah. Well, they the did sin a, is equal, but the porn videos themselves. You know, scientists love to do experiments on rats. I mean, <laughs> they did they they did an experiment I watched on the internet. They were they took a mouse and they put a female in, and then they would go at it for so long, but this mouse would get sick of her. And so he would give up and he'd get tired over time and he'd just quit. And then they would take her out and put a new one in. It kicked in immediately. New rat or new mouse, female mouse, the old male was ready to go as soon as he saw her. Same thing would happen. He'd get tired of her after a minute. So they'd take her out and put a new one in. Mm -hmm. same thing happened over and over and then they did they said the rat almost died due to overstimulation which I was like okay and then they did it on bulls too and the same thing happened when you put different females in front of the bull he would go longer but with the same one every single time it took him longer and longer and longer to ejaculate because it was the same person and I was like ooh okay yeah, man, that just, I mean, it's, it's, your brain gets so used to it and you get, and it's crazy to think that, like, it just doesn't happen with humans. Yeah. You know, and so if it happens to animals, why isn't it? It just it, proves, it, like, it just proves that how our nature is. Yeah, exactly how our nature is. And so a couple of more things that, like, it affects it in, in, we get in more engaged in more dangerous behavior. We get unhappy with our intimate partner. Uh, we have sexual problems. And the fact that um, you can have erectile dysfunction, you can get so used to only orgasming and getting satisfaction from porn that you cannot get it outside mm-hmm. anywhere else. Um, there's self-loathing, there's neglect. I mean, not only could you neglect yourself, you're going to neglect your house, your car, your, you don't clean up after yourself anymore, you don't take care of yourself, and that, that kind of neglect. Um, and you don't have to be, have an addictive personality, they prove this too, you don't have to have an addictive personality to get addicted to porn. Yeah. So, that porn also... Porn is a respecter of person. That also proves the point that you're not really, you know, 
Anyways. No one's immune to it. No. Um, and it's just, it's a super stimulant and it's an overstimulant. That's as far as I got with my research. And the, I, did, I didn't even finish looking at some of the stuff I had pulled up. I just, I feel like we've been researching it for the past four weeks that it just, it, I mean, just from talking about it, mm-hmm. it just kind of like brings you down. Yeah. You know? Um, not in like a negative, oh, self-loathing way, but just like, it's sad to see that this doesn't get talked about enough. No. And if you think though, with the age of exposure being like eight to 11, Mm -hmm. we're pushing this on kids now. This is what's happening to kids. This is why I said, don't start, uh, just, you know, making up cutesy names for your body parts. We can't have a desensitized generation. Yeah, and I think this is what pornography has really led to a desensitized generation. Yeah, I'm, there already is the millennials and Gen Z. We're already there. Yeah. We're I, already desensitized. I remember in our first episode when we went over the statistics of pretty much everything, teenagers found it more, they found it more wrong. Is that correct? More wrong? I think so. Anyways, they found it worse to not recycle. Yeah. Than to watch pornography. That's, it's, that's insane. Like, I get that we're supposed to be caring for our planet. Do not get me wrong. I'm all for recycling. Um, But, like, also, watching pornography may just, (laughs) it literally affects everything in your life. There is a difference between taking care of our temporary home, like uh-huh. this earth, mm-hmm. and taking care of our eternal soul and keeping yeah. it safe and pure. Yep, 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 yep. Like, what is inside of us. And being exposed to pornography just really just, you know, it, it's, you, you're putting your soul into jeopardy. Yeah. And so, that's just some of the brain and the phys- some of the physical aspects that it has on you. Um, and, like... It's just the brain side of it. Yeah, that's just the brain side of it. If we're, yeah. Um, now, with personal relationships. Uh, personal relationships. Uh, speaking strictly from experience, I remember being so addicted to pornography. I, would, I was a courier for a hospital. Um, I remember being so addicted to pornography that whenever I was alone in the car and I was driving on my way back from home, I'd pull it up on my phone and watch it as I was driving Mm -hmm. and just there just to watch it, Mm -hmm. you know, cause there really wasn't anything more interesting to me in that point. Yeah. I was alone. I was in my car. I was, I had an addiction that I needed to get over Mm -hmm. and I was so involved in my addiction that it was hard to see people mm-hmm. without putting them in that into a position. pornographic situation. Yeah, I, same. I mean, with um, as a kid that grew up in church that did struggle with watching it, I didn't know anybody else that watched it because we didn't talk about that in church. Mm-hmm. We, it wasn't something we all talked about. And I literally, I would just look at people and I could almost put their face in a pornographic situation. situation. Yeah, exactly. I could be talking with somebody and in my brain, I'm thinking about it. And I think that really comes where, you know, our brain, we get self-isolated because we've become 
so involved and enraptured in this addiction that we have that it that we can't really function with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that we see like every single person in that type of situation. No. But it was hard to maintain or even start friendships with strangers. Yeah. Because our, my mind first went to yeah. putting them in a pornography pornographic situation yeah and like that is so not a way to start a friendship and like i'm not and it was hard for me like to have friends and to sit there and think oh i thought of you in that way too yeah it it just it's hard on you as a person you may never tell them but in your mind you're constantly reminded that oh i put them in this situation yeah and if you are in that situation you're not the only one yeah me and bailey both have struggled Mm -hmm. with that and it's and we're going to talk about this all next episode but we both recovered from that. yeah you know there are things though that we have seen yeah. from watching pornography that will always that's remain stuck that's just stuck with you for i can sometimes think that like i hey i'm in prayer just before church starts i'm in the oh. prayer room and a scene hits me it's and like so i have crazy. to sit there and like all i can do is like my heart breaks because i'm like our brains not just that kind of stuff not just with personal relationships with like friends and families you know mm-hmm. but there's just personal relationship with god yeah and by watching pornography i've ruined i've it's also the devil it. trying to remind you oh you used to have this issue and it's, it's accusation yeah definitely and so i have to sit there and i have to rebuke it and i have to let the devil know like hey you're you're putting this thought in my head but i'm not keeping it there yeah it's you like, know, like hey look, i've stop. overcome this mm-hmm you know it's crazy i i hate that i've i can literally i mean i have put so many people and even just everyday people and i mean i have another friend that i know struggled with pornography we were in walmart she's single back when she was struggling for a little while there was be random guys walking in walmart and she'd just be like and i'd be like what in the world are you thinking about mm-hmm. and then she'd be honest with me but She'd be honest with me mm. and be like, this is what I was thinking about. And I was like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it just, and we, random we as a generation have become so desensitized to, to, to watching pornography yeah. that we don't talk about it. We're just like, oh, we well, objectify you know, we everybody. Yes. Like I have a friend, I talked about this a little bit last week, me and him were talking and he was like, when I look at a woman, he said, I, he's like, I just kind of see body parts. He said, I don't really see a whole person, you know? And he's like, I just view everyone as objects, objects of, you know, or I did, he doesn't, he doesn't deal with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, I just viewed everyone as like women as objects. And there was one guy on a podcast I listened to. He was like, I, he said, I had objectified women to the point where I did not know if I had a type. He said, I would say the arms on that girl with the boobs of that girl and the legs of that girl, that's what I like. Yeah. He couldn't even, personalities, no personalities, nothing. Because whenever you watch pornography, it's not about the personality. No. Well, for girls, sometimes they like, it. they like to maybe know a little more. That's why reading is more popular with girls. Um, they like to know more about the person. They like to know the history. and Yeah, there, there has to be a backstory. With men, it's a little different. They don't. Uh, yeah. 
men don't usually care but, about that. I mean, I just, I, I guess this really leads, my, my next statement really kind of leads us into our next thing of what porn causes um, negative effects on. But, like, doing, you know, having those things and it ruining personal relationships with friends and family, you know. What's it doing to a marriage? Oh, uh, yeah. So I can talk about that um, as a married woman that used to struggle with it. Uh, it really has just ruined everything. For one, if you've watched porn before you're married, which hopefully you're not watching it while you're married, but if you're, you know, for anybody that watched it before they got married, you have a warped view of what sex is supposed to be. And I will say I did have that issue. And from somebody that also struggled with like sexual relationships before they got married with people in person, I did have those issues. Um, you have this warped sense of what it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. because in porn, they have all the time in the world. They can do whatever they want with this person. They can do absolutely anything. And when you've gotten to the point where you watched more hardcore, more hardcore, you know, it changes. You've seen this, this, and that. You've seen all different types of scenarios. You've seen cars. You've seen in public. You've seen in the park. I mean, literally, you can have sex anywhere. Your brain's like, you've got all these ideas in your head. And you bring that into your marriage. Yeah. And you push this on your marriage mm-hmm. and it causes a strain because now you're like, and I mean, not only, I'm not saying this all from my personal marriage, but I've, I listened to a podcast called Dear Young Married Couple where they talk, uh, they've talked with people about this. I mean, I've done a lot of extensive research because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we talked about how much of a nerd I am today. Um, but you just get this warped sense of what it's supposed to be. And then you bring that in your relationship and your marriage. And now you're pushing that on that person. And say that person doesn't have an issue. What does that do for them? Also, when you have, how does that make your spouse feel too? Yeah. When you have a porn problem or you've had a porn problem and your, your spouse knows about it, it's, it's not just you standing in front of your spouse that they have to live up to. It's you and all these women and men or whatever. It's you and all these people you've watched have sex Mm. in front of your spouse. And they have to live up to these thousands of women or men that you've watched on the internet. And they're just one person. And for some people, that could be really hard on them. It can be really hard to say, am I supposed to live up to what you've seen? It causes such a strain on relationships. I mean, I could keep going and just keep going about the strain that it puts on your relationships, the things it does. But I really think that's the main issue is it just warps your sense of reality. And it does that for everybody in general. I guess. Yeah. Cause I feel like, you know, you, you were the person who had the addiction, but I just, I can't imagine what it would do psychologically to a spouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause they, they, then some of them, get beaten down on themselves why am I not good yeah. enough you know that's why? what that's what the, um, the one of the ladies said her husband had an issue and she was like they asked her you know how did how did you she's like well I just I didn't I felt you know inadequate inadequate and worthless and like how am I ever supposed to live up to these other females and other you know whatever and don't okay and by the way also do not judge your own bodies 
based off of a, a porn star. Oh, yeah. Because a porn star is... They... they I'm not, don't judge your body based off of it because your body is not going to be like them. If you're a woman who already has self-confidence issues, it's not going to help you. No. Because you're going to see... I mean, there is fat people and whatever, but... Because that's a fetish, apparently. <laughs> that's not... Well, yeah, we're... Anyways, but we say that there's we say that, but we're both. Uh, anyways, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> fat's not a negative word. No, it's just a, especially it's just, not with me and her. Dude, it is just a word. We'll to send describe each other Snapchats and be like, "I'm fat." Yes, it's not a word. It's not a negative word. It's just no. a word to describe what we are. I wish people would stop that because we'd be like, "I just don't want to say I'm overweight." That yeah, it's just worse. worse. I'd rather just say I'm fat. I feel I'm a thick, plus size, fat girl. Beautiful. But I'm also beautiful. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, anyways, anyways. But there's so many, you see these picture perfect girls, and not nobody is like that. And I think that's what happens with men sometimes, is they get a view of what a woman's body should i'm saying quotes marks you can't see that they they uh what they want yeah they get what they want to see yeah exactly but you have to understand porn is a is a fantasy land yeah like me um, coming into my my relationship i have self-harm scars yeah i have stretch marks i am a normal human being I have acne. I had back acne when I first got married, and I was so embarrassed by it. I was like, "Let's "Ah." normalize people's bodies." (laughs) And porn creates this this stigma that everybody's body has to be perfect, and everybody's body has to look this way. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So wrong. I guess we. I mean, I had everyday life. We've kind of already touched on that. Yeah, porn stars are actors, and they they live in they live not in our same reality. Yeah, no, and I mean, we kind of already did touch on that how it affects everyday life. Mm -hmm. It literally just affects everything. And if you're actively addictive, you know you are constantly looking for that moment where you can get alone and satisfy yourself, or just get alone and watch it in general. Yeah, because. There's a point in porn addiction where you don't really have to get off. Yep. You're just watching to watch. Literally me. I would just watch it to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I, I never got to that point. I'm very happy to say that. <laughs> I didn't. But if you are to that to point, it's not, you're not unredeemable. Yeah, no. Let me just no, say no, no, that. No, no, far from. If I can be redeemed, <laughs> trust me, anybody can be redeemed. Yeah, for real. And so, I mean, yeah, that's just, I guess that really kind of is effects or effects. E. It's effects. Yeah. Because the effects, the (laughs) cause and the effects. We've had a conversation about that. So many. I still struggle with it. I still struggle with that too. That's why I love Grammarly, man. That's the only reason why I could definitively tell you. That's the one thing I, I hate about my homeschool experience is I feel so uneducated sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really remember. It's okay. I still, I still sometimes, um, two T O and oh. two T O O. Oh. But if you can replace 
the majority of the time, if you can use also, then it's T O O. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, like one of the only ways. Side grammar, Nazi Anyways. lessons. I guess this really just kind of brings us into our next segment. I just I can't understand how someone could logically reason away pornography isn't cheating. Now they they say they can all agree that it is a sin because and I'm like, okay, how can you agree that it's a sin but it's not cheating? Uh <laughs> They don't. They they know it's wrong, but they're saying that it's not adultery and it's not cheating. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm dumbfounded. I don't under. I don't understand that logic. I don't. I don't either. like. Wh- okay, then how is it? Then how is it a sin? In your eyes, how is it a sin? Because it's lust. Okay. Well, if you're lusting after another, it is woman, adultery. It is adultery. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I, and adultery is what you're saying. It's not. Yeah, like, exactly. What, what you're, I'm sorry. I don't understand it. I don't either. If if you're watching, and like, and I think, and we don't talk about it enough, and people think that marriage is the end-all, be-all, mm-hmm. right? So if you struggle with pornography, if you struggle with sexual sin, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think that putting a ring on it, yeah, metaphorically speaking, or actually speaking, whatever, Marriage is going to fix it. Marriage is going to fix it all. No, you're bringing your problems into it now. And now it's not just affecting you. A person cannot fix a heart issue. Pornography is a heart issue. Yes, and you can't, like, marriage is not going to fix that. No. Marriage will not be the one. You think, oh, I'm married now. I can just act out If you have a sexual addiction, if you watch pornography, if you have anything sexually, like... If you have any sexual issues in general, marriage is not going to fix it. It honestly is probably going to make it worse. Yep. It will make it worse. Especially if you go in with the mindset that it's going to get it fixed. Because now you have someone to do it with. Yep. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because your wife is going to look at you and say no sometimes. Or you're going to be too tired when she wants it. And you're going to be like, no. And or then, she's going to be too tired. And then next you thing it. you know, you've gone a month and you ain't done nothing. And it's like, well, it opens up a door. Yeah. Especially if you have undealt with sexual issues. Yeah. Just saying. I'm, I'm just, I can't, I can't begin to, I don't understand how they can reason that way. I don't either. I don't either. Like, I just, I, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. They agree that it's a sin, but they don't agree that it's shooting. Like, what? I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. I, I, like, we're we're going to move on because okay. I think I could talk about that and it get just... angry about that forever. I'm so glad that this this podcast is literally just you being calm and me being fired up. <laughs> there will be moments I'll get fired up. I know, but the majority of the time I have gotten fired, fired up before and... And it's just, I'm more like chill, bro. You're more chill. Like, I'm the one. I'm a, a phlegmatic. I'm, I'm a melancholy, though. I'm melancholy phlegmatic. I am uh, just melancholy. That's funny. You don't have a secondary? No. Whenever I took the test, it was 16 melancholy, 8 across the board. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, no. I was I, like so I'm melancholy weird. phlegmatic, so I'm like I am very wound up, but I'm also a very chill person. Although when I am with my friends, I am um sanguine probably. Sanguine choleric. Yeah. I can't. I'm still chill. <laughs> but also when I'm with like Calabon, some I of my it. other friends, like <laughs> like uh uh-huh. I'm a uh, phlegmatic. Yeah, it's so, just anyways back back on subject for social comedians. Anyways, so um, if you don't know what that is, that's the personality. Type. Yeah, the personality types. Um, but the, it's just we as a church have made this such an awkward subject to talk about, and we've never actually said sex is good. I went through a purity conference when I was ooh. 13 maybe 12 or 13 when I was getting sexually abused I was going through a purity conference that's great ain't it (laughs) it didn't help all it did was make me feel bad because like as a 12 year old my sexual abuse was a little different than probably most people's because I but there is no set no sexual abuse either a lot of people when they think sexual abuse they think a little kid getting molested honestly yes but that's not my what I went through was a lot different I thought that I was 12 and the guy was like 20 ish and you thought you were just in love and I thought I was in love with this guy and I thought he really loved me back and I thought that everything was happening was normal because it was my first relationship also, side note, if you are 16 and under and listening to this at any point in time, do not, and I mean do not, start talking to a man who is 20 and up. Um, yeah. That's ridiculous. A- 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 18. <laughs> 18 and up. I'm sorry. I, like, people are like, oh, it's just blah, blah, blah. Age is just a number. Age is, just, age is not just a number. No. Maybe when you're older. Yeah, maybe when you're older, that's different, because at that time you're both adults. Yeah, if you're but like 30, and he's like, whatever, it's whatever. Yeah, but, but if you're a child... That's still a pedophilia. Yeah, that's a form of pedophilia, and I mean, I was young. Now, granted, I was a very old-looking 12-year-old. I probably looked like I was 16 years old. But still. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He was 20-something years old and had no right to be messing around with me. And so I did enjoy some of it until it got violent. And then that's when it started getting scary. Right. And so my the first half of my sexual experience was consensual in a sense. But now as a 23-year-old woman, I can look back and be like, I was being preyed on. I was being groomed. And didn't really realize it until just now. And, I mean, there's been multiple people in my life that, you know, it's whatever. But, you know, you just, it comes in different forms. So, in my mind, as a 12-year-old going through a purity conference that was having consensual um, sexual relations because with people, it's just, I felt so much shame and guilt because they never said it was good. I mean, is it consent, though, when you were 12 years old? It felt consensual. I know it felt because consensual because I wanted it as as a twelve year old, but I didn't know any better. Exactly. So is that technically consent? I don't think so. But in my mind, I thought it was. Yeah. But now so, that you're older, you're like, I don't think yeah. it was consent. 
yeah, now that I'm older, I'm like, that definitely, well, it, it got non-consensual because I would tell him no, <laughs> but because I was scared of him. Yeah. And it's just, as kids, you know, I going through a purity conference, we didn't talk about the good things. We talked about how you can get STDs, you can get this, this, and that, and it's bad, and you, there's sex trafficking and predators and this, this, and that. We never talked about, hey... Why was sex created in the first place? What is its context in marriage? Mm-hmm. What is, you know, we didn't learn anything good about it. We only learned the bad. And it made me scared to even have sex and what all that comes with it. And, and while it's good to talk about the bad things and yes, all of it's true, you can't just be all of it bad. You yeah. Know, there has to be some good. Because, I mean, take it for a friendship. If me yeah. and Bailey, all we did was fight, 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 fight. Are we really friends? Yeah, no. Is that really the way that a friendship should be? No. And so if we're sitting there and all we're talking about is bad, 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 bad on sex and anything concerning that, we automatically just think that, like, you know, that's what it is. That's what it yeah. will always be. And it's just, anyways, that's just... <sighs> We'll be talking more organized in the next four weeks. Yes, this one, this episode is just like kind of like an introduction. We just wanted y'all to kind of get a feel of what we're going to be talking about. I mean, we'll talk about recovery and how ways you can recover. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on different types of recovery and different things. Um, one thing I will say that I want to insert, and I'm probably going to do this every episode. If you have a porn addiction, find someone to talk to about it. You can't do this alone. No. You are not going to be able to fight this by yourself. And find someone you can trust. And also, whenever you don't tell at least one person that, that guilt... You're not holding yourself accountable to. ...is just weighing on you so much more... Now, we're not saying just go tell everybody willy-nilly, no, you know. Just tell. But, I mean, trust your... If you have a pastor that you trust, if you have a youth pastor that you trust, tell you have a parent that you trust, you know, a friend or something that is going to hold you accountable, tell that one person. One person that can hold you accountable for your issues. Get an accountability partner. And having accountability partners is a big thing with regaining trust. And if you are married, um, tell your spouse. Go ahead. Get it out. It might hurt them in that moment. Yes. But hurting them, for I think it's better in the long run. For one, you're going to... And if you want to test the waters, I guess, I guess, and see how they're going to react, is first ask them, like, what do they think about recovery from porn? If you want to test the waters first, go ahead and test the waters. See how they're going to react to what their viewpoints on, you know, rebuilding relationships after porn addiction, which is what I'm listening to right now. Um, Test the waters, but you need to tell your spouse. They deserve to know that you you have an issue and if you are actively having an issue. Yes. Because the other day I asked my husband, I said, what would you do if I told you I was addicted to porn? (laughs) And he just looked at me. He said, are you? And I said, no. I said, but what What if I was? You know, he's like, well, I would just help you. He said, I'd like, help you get through it. He said, I'd be hurt, but I'd help you get through it. Yeah, like, it, on one hand, 
it's hurtful, you know, but on another hand, thank you for telling me. Now mm-hmm. let's get past this. Yeah. Well, for some people like me, if, if I still actively struggled with watching porn, I, you know, I've been watching it since I was seven years old. I think I was 16 when I stopped, but like I was seven. Yeah. And also um, addressing this, you don't just have to watch porn. You can, you can read it. And that's a little bit of a sore spot for a lot of women. <laughs> yes, yes. Because we are, we are, we and have a visual. big imagination and we can think up just about anything we want to. <laughs> Pornography is not just uh, little clips mm-hmm. on the phone. Also, you can, I would even say to an extent that even if you look at a person and you can think up all like a whole scene with that person probably yeah probably Um, it would be considered in the category yeah definitely but reading there are so many books that are extremely graphic and it's books too I'm just gonna leave it at that so if you think you don't have a porn problem but you can read a very spicy smutty I can say it because anyways I used to read really smutty books and if you can read a smutty book and say, I don't have a porn problem, you might want to reconsider. Yeah, you reconsider. might just want to just want to look at that and just maybe tweak your thinking just a, yeah. just a tad. Just a little bitty, tiny bit. Tiny bit. <laughs> but, I mean, we just, we wanted to leave you with that. that. We're excited for the next four weeks. I have a whole notebook of notes and don't you have your notes don't you have notes somewhere yeah and uh i mean i have a big old notebook full of notes and i'm ready to talk about it yeah we'll be more organized we promise yeah this one more organized while uh while the next four are just going to be very very factual very organized this one was once again just start talking rambling so we may ramble and stuff a little bit or we will always ramble I live for Hannah and Handy. We say this rabbit trails, and I live for our rambling. Yeah, that's what we're gonna call it. And so um, we love you, Hannah, Kenny. Anyways, another shameless shout out to the besties for the rest. Also, shout out to dear young married couple because I listen to y'all all the time, and y'all have really helped me like just open my eyes in general to some issues that I didn't realize were issues. So I'm not married. So. You don't have to be. She. They have a whole episode on singleness. I sent to you. <laughs> I know. And it was so good. The, the lady. There's a book that just came out. I think it's coming out called Sexless in the City. It's about being single and sexual feelings. Anyways, I'm excited. I want to read it, even though I'm not single. Anyways, um. So I guess that's where we're gonna leave off for today. <laughs> that chair is squeaking so. Bad. I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, well, thank y'all guys uh, so much for once again listening to this episode of Breaking Apostolic Taboo. I'm Bailey Romans. And I am Alicia Kreger. And let's let's start start talking. talking.